I've got a story. Let me see if I can find this for you uh, real quick. This is, I mean, it's no big deal. It is just a major warning that America is running out of antibiotics. Uh, so don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. New story. Now, this is they're saying critical shortage. May I suggest the Jace case uh, from Jace Medical? Jace Medical, uh, you can get not only antibiotics. This case holds five of the most important antibiotics for emergency use. And the Jace Daily case is a prescription supply service that allows you to get up to 12-month backup supply for your prescription medication in case of an emergency or a disruption. Uh, They cover a whole bunch of medicines, cholesterol, diabetes, heart health, blood pressure, mental health, uh, and antibiotics. Please prepare yourself. Go to jacemedical.com, enter the promo code BECK at checkout, get a discount for your order. Promo code BECK, J-A-S-E-Medical.com. entertainment and enlightenment this is the glenn back program hey i i mean come on really what's four or six trillion dollars amongst friends right what are we arguing about <laughs> oh my gosh i hate the people in washington i do i do i'm gonna say it yes they're not my favorite people no, they they tend to disappoint me, uh, but I'm hey, let's be Christ-like and say it this way. I really hate their actions, and they tend to disappoint me, and I'm done with them. I think Jesus could have said that. Now, let's get into some of the other things that are going on. We begin in 60 seconds. Stand by. Megan lives in California. She used to suffer from horrible shooting neck pains that stem from a car accident. She said they were so bad that a lot of the time it was difficult for her to even get out of bed, let alone live her life the way she wanted to. Let's be honest. She lives in California. I mean, that's not the only pain in the neck she's got. Am I right? Fortunately, she heard me talking about Relief Factor. Yes, this program has not been legally banned in California yet. She was skeptical. She decided to give it a try. Within two days, she said, my pain began to fade away and has been gone ever since. Megan got her life back by using Relief Factor. It's a miracle in California. (laughs) I mean, what else? I think my job here is done. Call for 1995 Relief Factor. It's the three-week uh, trial pack. It's relieffactor.com. Call 800 for relief 800 the number for relief It's relieffactor.com. Oh, hello, Stu. Glenn, how are you? Well, I'm good. I, I'm still, I'm a little dismayed mm. uh, at the reaction of some of these white supremacists mm-hmm. that are uh, having a problem 
with the Community Hero Award given to the uh, nuns of perpetual whatever. Right. That was, you a, know, yes, I do mm-hmm. know. This is the, uh, some have described them as an anti-Catholic. No. When no. they had the word nun right in their title. Right. Uh, so I don't know how they're getting that, mm-hmm. but maybe, you know what, maybe it's the uh, strip teases done using the stripper pole cross with uh, a fake Jesus uh, hanging there yeah. as they're sexually gyrating around Some might around say them. that's a I little that's, over the line. A little over the line. There are some people yeah. who do describe it that way. Right. Yes. A little over the line. Now, one of those who says, yeah, a little over the line is Major League Baseball pitcher Blake, is it Trinan? Mm, I don't know. I T-R-E-I. Mm-hmm. N-E-N, training, go, Los sir. Angeles dollars, uh, Dodgers. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Mm-hmm. Uh, he issued a strong <laughs> statement. Uh, now, he's playing for the Dodgers. Same team, mm. in case you, you're following along at home and you got lost. Mm-hmm. He said, I understand that playing baseball is a privilege and not a right. My convictions in Jesus Christ will always come first. Since I've been with the Dodgers, they have been at the forefront of supporting a wide variety of groups. However, inviting the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to perform disenfranchises a large community and promotes hate of Christians and people of faith. This single event alienates the fans and supporters of the Dodgers, Major League Baseball, and professional sports. People like baseball for its entertainment value and competition. The fans don't want propaganda or politics forced on them. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's not a high bar to, to jump over. Uh, the debacle with Bud Light and Target should be a warning to companies and professional sports to stay true to their brand and leave propaganda and politics off the field. He said, I believe in Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe the word of God is true. And in Galatians uh, 6, 7, it says, listen to this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Oh, my gosh. He's calling for violence. Yes, he is clearly for lightning bolts to come down. Uh, This group openly mocks Jesus Christ, the cornerstone of my faith. And I want to make it clear that I do not agree nor support the decision of the Dodgers to honor the sisters of perpetual indulgence. But as for me and my house, I will serve. We will serve the Lord. I think that's a great statement. Now, somebody else has come out. This is uh, the uh, pitcher Trevor Williams, Washington Nationals. He said uh, he's Catholic, and he said Major League Baseball game is a place where people from all walks of life should feel welcomed, something I greatly respect and support. The purpose uh, of different theme nights hosted by the organization, including Pride Night, bringing people in and making them feel at home. To invite and honor a group that makes a blatant and deeply offensive mockery of my religion and the religion of over 4 million people in Los Angeles County alone undermines the values of respect and inclusivity that should be held up by any organization. I believe it's essential for the Dodgers to reconsider their association with this group, uh, to strive to create an inclusive environment that does not demean or disrespect the religious belief of any fan or employee. I also encourage my fellow Catholics to reconsider their support of an organization that allows this type of mockery of its fans to occur. That's huge. Yeah, and again, I think the line is important here, which is, I don't think anyone would say these people can't buy tickets to the game. They can. No. I don't think anyone would even say, no. I, I mean, the, there may be a controversy if they were to put their flash their name on the board that said, uh, you know, because they want they bought a 
group of Correct. tickets, right? Correct. Like, Hey, here is the seventh grade middle school class from yes, Thompson Elementary right, and right. the the people who are gyrating in front of the cross. Like, I don't think that would be something people would love, but probably would be something that most people ignored. They're honoring them with a community hero award. They're honoring them as if they're like pillars of the community. This is they didn't just like buy the game. They're not just attending the game. Correct. They've gone much, much farther. Than Correct. That. I mean, and, you know, again, if this was Islam, you could not do. Let's start a a sisterhood of Mohammed. You know what? Actually, I'd rather live. Uh, so no. <laughs> um, but, See, but point I, made. Exactly. You cannot do that. Christians, fair. Uh, right. Catholics, fair. Baptists, fair. Mormons, fair. That is wrong. That is wrong. And look, I don't want to be the religion that uh, is associated with extreme members that will kill you if you mock it. No, I don't want to be that. No, but what I would like to be, I would like some fair treatment here. Yes, yes, I would like that. So now, Clayton uh, Kershaw, three-time Cy Young Award winner, said, "Quote: I don't agree with making fun of other people's religion. It has nothing to do with anything other than that." I just don't think that no matter what religion you are, you should make fun of someone else's religion. So that's something something that I definitely do not agree with. Uh, as my team and my wife and different people that I respect, we talked a lot about the right response to this. It's never an easy thing because it felt like it elicited a, a response. For us, we felt the best thing to do to respond was making a statement was instead of making a statement or condemning would just instead to try to show what we do support as opposed to maybe what we don't. So we're going to have a Christian faith day. That's our response. We felt like that was the best decision. It has nothing to do with the LGBTQ community or pride or anything like that. This is simply a group that was making fun of a religion that I don't agree with. Now, I, you know, you have the right to make fun of religion. I just said that. Mm-hmm. However, you didn't see me outside picketing the Broadway show uh, Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have a right. In fact, I will fight for the right for those people to be able to produce that Broadway show. Okay. If somebody was boycotting and trying to get it to shut down, I would, I would stand with the show. I wouldn't like it. But you know the one thing that we have stopped saying that in my father's generation, I heard from my dad and everybody else's dad growing up, and I don't hear it anymore, and we all need to start saying it again. My father used to always say, whew, I so disagree with that guy. He's, everything he says is wrong, in my opinion. But I will fight to the death for his right to say it. That's what we're missing. And, you know, there's a, I mean, well, look, let me give you one more baseball uh, story. This one comes from the Toronto Blue Jays. America's team. No, Canada's <laughs> team. And Anthony Bass should have known that. Um, he shared content, uh, content uh, on his social media and uh, let's see, it was um, 
Some influencer. Yeah. yeah. A video last week, Miller contended that Christians should boycott businesses such as Target and Bud Light. Uh, he had been, uh, he just passed on a video. Uh, yeah. And it was like, you know, yeah. it's, it mentioned the word the enemy, you know, like the, the yeah. enemy is strong and we must stand up. And, right. and, and people got very upset about that. So he has apologized. Mm. He has apologized now. He forgot, oh, I live in Canada. <laughs> I live in Canada. He said that his post had hurt the pride community, which includes some of his friends and relatives. Uh, I apologize to my teammates and that I will be using the Blue Jays resources oh. to better educate myself. Nothing be- better th- of an education. There's mm-hmm. never been a better education source than the Toronto Blue, Blue Jays. Jays resources. Yeah. Yes. Because no, they're just, that's great. what they do. It's great. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's apologizing. You've got three people who stood up. Now, they haven't been attacked yet, so I don't know if they're going to continue to stand up. But I don't know what Anthony Bass, I don't know Bass, what yeah. or Bass, what his problem uh, or what his faith is, if he has faith. But I'm telling you, historically speaking, the only ones that really stand up are people of faith. And that's why they are trying to take God down. If you take God down, you don't have to worry about somebody who believes their first citizenship to the kingdom of God is more important than their second citizenship and certainly more important than their job or anything else. When your soul is at stake, you tend to stand up and our souls are at stake. So are we standing up? Here's why, and this is going to come to you. Somebody paid for this study, okay? Then this is going to come as a shock to you. But there's a new study out of the University of Bern in Switzerland, uh, and it had nothing to do with skiing. They found that those who take part in far-left activism are more likely to exhibit narcissistic personality traits and psychopathic tendencies. Now, this is kind of interesting. The researchers found that many activists do not believe in what they purport to stand for and are simply using the cause to prop up their own perceived moral superiority and social standing. Uh, what was that? Now, this you're not going to see this study anywhere, anywhere. The, the study argues that activism for the far left is used as a vehicle to satisfy the individual's own ego-focused needs instead of actually aiming at social justice and equality. Sounds reasonable to me. But let me take it a step further. Let me talk to you a little bit about the court system and and all of these people uh, that are judges and all of the judges in uh, Washington uh, that seem to fold all the time. And John Roberts folds all the time. You know why? Who are these people? Let me go back to school. You knew these kinds of people. Okay. The ones that made it to the Supreme Court. You knew them as kids. What were they like? They were always the teacher's favorite. They were always the principal's favorite. They were everybody's favorite. 
They were the one in their family that they were most likely the favorite because they always worked hard and did the right thing. And gosh, Johnny just got another gold star. Well, he's got an incredible GPA. He's got quite a quite a future in front of him. Did you hear he just got into Yale Law full boat? uh, uh, uh what do you call scholarship. it? Ride scholarship. Yeah. He's great. Don't we just love him? Look at. Did you see him in debate class? Look at how he's winning. Boy, he has a bright future. Whoa, he's a Supreme Court justice. We love this guy. Their whole life, they have been trained to go or 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 or. When you throw a yellow star their way, or a gold star, you throw a gold star at them. They're like or or or. They love that. And the right, the right doesn't get mad at them. The left owns all of the, all of the prestigious awards. Think about, think about, um, what was her name? Amy uh, Coney Browning. Amy Coney Barrett? Uh, Barrett. Mm -hmm. How many, how many, sorry, I know an Amy Browning. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, How many children does she have? Like 14? Several, yes. I don't know know the exact number. How are her children going to be? Uh, treated when they get to college? Are they going to be just welcomed into the Yale Law School or Harvard and they're going to be like, oh, we got to have them? At one point, I think that would have been true. Now, I don't no. think so. No, yeah. no. Because I think back in the day, there were, the Ivy League school, even if it was a kid of a conservative justice, Correct. would be honored to have them there. And we're so hungry. We, as conservatives, are also like, or, or, or. they give us one little fish and we're like, we love them. We love them. <laughs> They're so on true. our side. Or, okay. They get jack from the left. They get hate from the left. Death threats from the left. And we're like, oh, you're good. But that's not enough to motivate them. They want to make sure their kids go to the best schools. They want to be popular. They are used to being popular. They were the popular ones in school. We have to make it uh, uncomfortable. We have to make sure that we let them know we have gold stars for you, but we also believe that you need to stand up. You need to do the right thing. That's for all judges, all judges. No more gold stars for you. Do your damn job. Protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, or we will vote you out where we can. We will. Back in a minute. It's time for us to stand up, gang. We're standing up, and it is is making a difference. I'll tell you more about that here in just a second. There is nothing I love better than driving a car till the doors fall off. Love that. Something about the idea of squeezing every last bit of value of the thing just really kind of appeals to me, especially when it comes to, you know, my trucks at the farm. I don't want to buy a new truck. I don't. I want it to run and run and run and run. And I'll take care of it. I'll make sure it, you know, has its checkups and would take a temperature. Are you okay, Ford truck? Are you okay? But I also have catastrophic insurance for my trucks. I'll be driving my, my trucks for years to come because I have Car Shield. When you have Car Shield, you'll have the peace of mind for when you're on the road and something happens. 
It's uh, CarShield. They offer protection plans to fit every budget. They now cover more parts than ever before. And you're going to want them when those costly repairs uh, arrive. CarShield, dedicated to protecting what I drive. Get coverage like I have with CarShield. 800-227-6100. Save 20% on your plan right now. And you can lock in your price and it will never go up. 800-227-6100. 800-227-6100. It's carshield.com slash back. 10 seconds, station ID. Wow, this is really interesting. Uh, the uh, study in Bern, uh, they made sure to note involvement in violent political activism is not solely attributable to political orientation, but rather to personality traits manifesting in individuals on the radical left and right of the political spectrum. But it seems that the uh, narcissists tend to gravitate towards whichever side seems to be more opportune to give them a specific special situation the pair have completed a number of studies on the left-wing activism including one which argued that those who took part in lgbtq protests were more likely to exhibit pathological narcissism which is described as exaggerated sense of uniqueness immodesty and a desire for high praise by others they pointed out also the exploitiveness the example, I can make anyone believe anything I want them to do is a major draw because it gives the people feelings of superiority. If you are, you know, they're all like, God, these guys, they just they're selling out. They just want to be popular. Yeah. No, to be on our side, you know, this becomes um, very unpopular very quickly. To be on the side of what we deem as correct and to be on the side of eternal truth is not popular. doesn't give you a feeling of superiority. But this is why our kids are being roped into all of this stuff. Because imagine a teenager. All they want is to be popular. I just want to be popular. Can I just be left alone? Can I not be the misfit on the island of misfit toys? All you have to do... Sign up to be transgender today. Sign up to be gay. Hey, girls, have you ever kissed a girl? You'll be popular. The Glenn Beck Program. Okay, uh, let me talk to you about Patriot Mobile. Big mobile companies, uh, like so many corporations in this country, have been dumping millions of dollars of our money into leftist causes. Every time you make a phone call, if you're with Verizon... Hey, congratulations. You're dumping money into leftist causes that despise everything that you stand for. Are you sick and tired of it yet? I have good news. There is an alternative. You just have to make that choice. Patriot Mobile. This is as easy as going to say, I'll have Miller instead of Bud Light. All you have to do, you join America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer dependable nationwide coverage. All three major networks are on the same tower, so you still get the best possible service in your area, just without all the woke politics. Switch to Patriot Mobile. Send a message. Get superior service. Get uh, uh, a cheaper price. 
and stand for your country. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. 878-PATRIOT. 878-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Do it now. Make the switch today. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and you'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to talk to you just if you're having trouble keeping up. Let me just tell you about the successful boycotts that, for the first time in my life, the right is boycotting things, and it is working. For instance, Bud Light. Uh, they have been under a boycott, really, since April 1st with Dylan Mulvaney. The uh, sales of Bud Light have dropped for six straight weeks since the start of April. Last week, it was 25.7 drop in sales year over year. This last one, one that just came out, is 29.5. So this is still growing. Now, Target pulled some of its LGBT clothing uh, from there. They have lost last week $9 billion in market value in one week. However, that is continuing this week. Target, their losses now are $12.4 billion, and uh, their shares are going down. Now, this is difficult because uh, it requires you to sell your Target stock and, and everyone else, but stock will go down if people are not shopping at their stores. Yeah, if you see that the sales are going to go down, you're likely to sell that company. Correct. But, you know, stock prices Correct. are finicky. A lot of factors go into them. So that one could be a tough one to keep up, but well, it does target them, uh, you know, so there is, a term, in, in a very sensitive place. So there is a uh, there is a rap uh, that's <laughs> coming up on the iTunes chart uh, called Boycott Target. I, I mean, I don't know how many rappers uh, and rap fans are going to be boycotting uh, target. I just want to see you and hear you talk more about rap. Thank you. I, well, it's I'm, just, it's, it's so natural. I'm a doctorate and, and, in that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, you're from the streets. Yeah. You know, that's where you mean streets. The mean, mean, streets mean streets. Of, uh, what was it? Mount again? Vernon. Mount, Mount Vernon, Vernon, Washington. Washington. <sighs> wow. It's dicey there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so the, the thing that we have to remember is, um, that you are winning, you are making, when the stock prices go down, if you continue to boycott, then, and you don't shop, you weasel, Tim, my son-in-law, get a text from him, hey, I'm on my way over, just got back from Target, and I just wrote back, all caps, Target? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, you're not coming to my house, dude, with any Target bag. Anyway, um, if you are... Uh, if you continue to do this, their stock goes down, which then triggers people losing money in the stock if they're invested in that. And you've got Anheuser-Busch stock going down. You have uh, Disney stock going down. You also have Target stock going down. Well, all of those are in the ESG funds. This hurts BlackRock. This 
is really effective if you can sustain it. But it's hard to know which ones will work. I mean, I would say that Target is, well, no, Disney is the hardest, but Disney stock has lost a fortune but they don't care. That yeah, that's an interesting part about Disney is they prioritize their wokeness over you and your children. Correct. They, that that is that's a statement they've made. They've been clear about it. Yeah, their their stock is down thirty three percent. That's not what Bud Light has said. I mean, Bud Light has come out and said, "Hey, holy crap! We're, uh, we didn't want to get in the middle of this. Uh, right. Here's some Clydesdale flags. Is, do you guys like flags? Right. Dis- that's what they're trying I to swear do. Now. To you, they're gonna. Have- Now from Budweiser, the Patriot Missile Beer. Um, So they have they have laid a bunch of people off. Uh, They actually now are the fifth most polarizing company out of 100. And out of 177th in its reputation score. That's Disney. They don't care. No, they don't care. They don't care. Right. They that's what they see as their mission. Right. To right. influence to your, your children. children. Yeah. Just like Walt wanted. Right. Back in the day, what Walt wanted was to convert your little boys into little girls. Right. And until you stop going to the Bizarre. park, nothing will happen. You stop going to the parks and things change. But that's all they care about. But they don't care then, about the TV networks or anything else. They care about the park. Even then, I'd be surprised. I'd be interested to see because the company's so huge now. And this is not just a little company. Mm, and there's so much more underneath their their banner than just disney i mean it's it's tough Yeah, testicles mm-hmm. we found out now that that's what's <laughs> under their banner and we don't need to know that anyway so <laughs> underneath that skirt yeah testicles. Uh, okay mm-hmm. thank you you wanted to know what was under mini skirt that's what they are okay but i think that's an important thing to talk about glenn because these companies and these boycotts if for lack of a better term protests i think i like better but like it's the type of thing that we usually screw up royally. Like conservatives attempt this, they make a big stink about it, it goes away in two weeks, we fail. Right. And when we fail, it's important to note, we send just as large a message to these companies than when we succeed. Because if you succeed, they say, oh crap, we shouldn't do this next time. We don't want to lose all this money. We don't want to. If you attempt one of these things and fail, you send the message of, oh, well, we'll just ride this out for a few weeks and everything will be fine and we can still be as woke as we want. We can still deal with BlackRock. Well, we can still get our ESG correct. points. This is why this is why John Roberts of the Supreme Court did what he did, in my opinion, with Obamacare. Mm. Because he's afraid of the left. He's not afraid of the right. Mm-hmm. Nobody, the right never does anything. We never do anything. If you change that by standing up and let your voice heard, really stand up and say, no more. It changes. Yeah. And I think the risk here, Glenn, uh, uh, as we go into tomorrow and June 1st hits, Pride Month, is we are about to get a tsunami of pride. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Every single place you walk into is going to have a rainbow something somewhere. Noah is even barfing over the side of the boat. He's like, stop with the rainbow. He got enough rainbows. (laughs) And if if our response to that is... Everyone protests 9 million things without any focus, and we give up on all the other ones because they're two-week-old stories. We are going to be sending a, the same message over and over again, that we can't maintain one of these games. These are right. not sustainable, and if they just ride them out, everything will be fine. So, I thought we should put together a list. I would love to get your opinion on sure. this. What are the characteristics to look for when you're trying to send a message like this? But why is Bud Light so successful? Why is Target... Easy. Yeah, okay. 
Easy. Easy. You go to mm-hmm. a grocery store yeah. and you open up the beer uh, refrigerator and you're like, no, I'm going to reach six inches over here instead. Right. Simple. You go to a bar. All of your options are in front of you. Nope. Don't pull that lever. Pull that one. Yes. That's I, why that's why this is the most effective. It is the it is the least resistance. Yes, that's actually one of the characteristics I have here okay. for this. Uh, so the formula here, um, one of them is an easy substitute, mm-hmm. right? If you make this impossible on people, I know you want to say, well, everyone should be as tough as I am. Well, they're not. I got right. news for you. They're not. So that's why Disney is so hard. To do. Right. Right. Because Disney, Disney is very unique entertainment. This is also why the Los Angeles Dodgers are really hard. Yeah. Right. If you're a Dodgers fan, you're not going to be like, well, now I'm a Royals fan. Well, no, that's not going to happen. Your choices are delete your favorite sport potentially from your entire life, which people tried to do with the NFL. Yeah, it and it work. is more influential than ever. It's just really, really hard to do that and ask people to do it. Bud Light to Miller Light, Bud Light to Michelob Ultra, really easy, easy right? Easy. So an easy substitute. Um, an organic start. You can't manufacture these things. It's got to come f- start at the with the people. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. That's how it started. And that caught on when a million different slogans have been out there against Joe Biden yep. and never caught on. Um, the company should have a non-ideological mission. And I mean that like their public facing stance. Ben and Jerry's is the example I always go back to because, you know, they would rather be liberal than sell you ice cream. Disney would rather be woke at this point than care about your kids. It's crazy. The, the priorities there are the wokeness. They've just destroyed that company. They but really I have. digress. No, that's that's not yeah. a digression on this one. Um, a mass appeal product. You want to go after something that they're trying to sell to everybody. It's important for Bud Light to sell to everyone. If they only get liberals, their company collapses. Correct. So they, you want something that they're trying to sell to everyone. Correct. Like, for, for instance, no company wants, no big company wants to sell to half of America. Right. It just doesn't. Because you imagine how powerful our words would be. If the left hadn't condemned us to Nowheresville and said, these are dangerous people, you should never listen to them, you should never advertise. If they wouldn't have done their job on the blaze and you would at least feel okay to sample us, not not you didn't have to become a fan. I'm not saying that. But if you have half the country and no one's willing to even sample you, you get Half the business, guaranteed. And you might have only gotten maybe 10% more, but that's 10% more. Nobody, everyone wants to be mass appeal unless it is your choice to be niche. Right. For example, us. Like, if we there was a major liberal protest of Blaze TV, we wouldn't care at all. No. Right? Because our, our ideological position is up front. Yep. Right? We don't, we don't, we care more about our ideology than making money. And number two, we're we are a product that's not looking to sign up ten right. million liberals. It's we'll a, take them. It's a little but, like Patagonia, where yes. it's a, a kind of a niche, and they don't care. They have their values, and that's what they're going to do. Environmentalism yep. is bigger to them than, than sending stuff. They don't yep. care. Okay. Next up, uh, trackable results. This one I think has been interesting and have learned from the Bud Light experience. Bud Light has no choice but to release those Bud Light sales numbers yes. every week. And so we get an update every week on, on how this is going, and I think that's helped fuel it and make it 
longer and sustainable than some of these that flame out. Stock price can always, as you know, it can be finicky. It can go up and it can down also for be a million. Manipulated. It can be manipulated. It can be just market conditions can make these things happen. So it's a little harder to deal with. Having that Bud Light results, I think, has been a big part of this. And maybe the biggest one, create social pressure. You mentioned the you texting your son uh, when he brought up Target. Uh, your son my son-in-law. Well, yeah, to be my clear. son-in-law. There's no blood of mine in that man. <laughs> but he, that is the that helps sustain one of these things too. When you say, "Hey, I'm going to Target," and they write, "Target, what the hell are you doing?" You're like, "Oh gosh, that's right. I'm not supposed to Target." It almost helps uh, extend these efforts, and especially when it is a habit. Yes, when it's a habit. Yeah, totally. Right. Like if it's it, why you do well on diets when you have somebody on the, on it with you. Right. And you're like, it's wait a minute, self-reinforcing. You just mm-hmm. you didn't send me a picture of your meal. How come? Oh, uh, I didn't follow the diet. Yeah, that's why. And then you have somebody to watch you. That that is, you know, peer pressure, and it works. Yep, it works. And coming up with a good example, something that's central to the mission. Um, you know, something that is really a good story to tell. You know, this you go back to the Rosa Parks situation. You've brought this up many times, Glenn, that, that Rosa Parks was not the first person uh, to protest Correct. the buses in that way. But the first example, and I don't remember her name. Was pregnant. Was pregnant and, and at the time un- uncontro- was a controversial figure. They were like, mm-hmm. well, they're going to attack her on this, this, and this. We need to find someone better. Finding that perfect example you know, I, I the one the one little thing about the the Bud Light thing that I say is imperfect is the Dylan Mulvaney can thing is not central exactly to the the argument we've been making about targeting our kids. You know, this is a an adult product. You have to be twenty one to consume it. I disagree because I think the transgenderism thing is not about transgender people. We've never had a problem no. with transgender people, and that's why okay, I, people I worry you know are like, okay, that's yeah. weird, um, but. We don't. Nobody is after transgenderal, uh, gendered people. You know, speaking in broad strokes. Of course. Okay. Um, the problem is, you are now pushing it into everyone's face and school. Yeah. So anytime, and you're mocking women. I agree. Okay? I, yeah. So it it changes. It does, though. They're not putting Bud Light in school. Target, no, I think Target's closer to this. Bud They're Light kids. was always seen to be on our side. Bud Light right, yeah. was a something that we were like, wait a minute, wait a minute, you're with us. Yeah. And that was betrayal. And one thing the right uh, really respects is loyalty. Yeah. And you I do say, right yeah. by them. Now, look at a Donald Trump. studies have showed this. Yeah. A million studies have And look this. at Donald Trump. Donald Trump it does right by the people who voted for him and stands up for the people who voted for him. That's what they believe. That's what he believes he's done. And they're not going anywhere. They're just not going anywhere. All right, back in just a second. If you're feeling trapped by the amount of credit card debt you're facing every month, uh, if you're tired of making the minimum payments uh, only to see the needle barely move on the actual balance, you can do this a smarter way. Tackle those high interest credit cards another way. It may be time, and I want you to do your own homework on this, to unlock the power of home ownership and see about using the equity that you have in your house to pay that debt off once and for all. This is the kind of thing that American Financing specializes in, helping people just like you get out from under the high interest debts and find freedom. American Financing is family-owned mortgage company that's in it for you, and they're saving people just like you an average of $700 a month. 
Plus, you could end up being able to delay just two mortgage payments, close in as little as 10 days. No obligation. The call is free. Call them now. They're waiting for you at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. So when is the last time you checked the legal title to your home? If you say last week, you're either lying or a loser. And uh, I don't know which one it is because nobody does this. You don't. Who who has the time to go check on your home's title? You're not going to do that. And why should you do it? Why? There shouldn't be any reason to do that. Well, unfortunately, Home title fraud is a thing, and people steal these titles. They, they forge signatures. They transfer ownership of, of your home. And if they do that, they can sell it out from underneath you. They can take out loans against your equity. They can risk your entire financial future. So if you haven't checked your, the home uh, title that you have since you bought the house, I mean, there's no shame in that, but I would say you might want to go with home title lock. Uh, they showed me how this can happen very quickly. They, in minutes, were able to get my home's title and f- forge my signature and say that I had sold my home. Now, luckily, they didn't turn that paperwork in. I would be very, I would not, do, I would not talk to you about them if they had turned that in. But they did demonstrate it to me, and it's very, very easy and it's scary. Home title lock helps shut this kind of thing down. It's what they do, and they do it better than anyone. Uh, this is not the kind of thing you want to find out about after uh, it's already happened. Be proactive. Stop it before it happens. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. You can find out free with sign-up. Get 30 risk-free days of protection. And use the promo code BECK at HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com, the code is BECK. Check it out now. Be prepared. Protect yourself at HomeTitleLock.com. The code is BECK. So, uh, Thomas Massey is going to be joining us here in just a second. I think somebody else, maybe... uh, Congressman Bishop uh, joining us, I hope, also next hour. Massey is the vote that let it get out of committee. Uh, and this bill that is just horrible. Um, <laughs> he says that he's not a sellout. He's obviously not a rhino. And he's not. Oh, he's God, not. no. no. It's um, not a, isn't that a real accusation against Thomas Massey? Right. Uh, he said, this is the first real bill that cuts spending in my entire decade in Congress. So he likes it. Exactly. No, he I, doesn't I thought, like it. He I doesn't like he, it. But his was, argument was basically, look, I'm on the rules committee. My job is to follow the rules. And this yes. this followed the rules. Right. Um, you know, that is it. But he also kind of appreciates it, I think. I, I, I don't know. Hmm. We're going to get it from him. Okay. Um, I disagree with him. But can't we just disagree without being disagreeable? Mm, There we go. There we go, Glenn. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And who's actually running the country? Is it the war machine? That's coming up tonight, 9 o'clock on Blaze TV. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Let me tell you about dad style. Yeah, that's right. When it comes to clothing is... He one of those cool dads like me. Always seems to find a way to remain hip and well-dressed decades after his hipness should have been gone. Or is he one of those dads that has to pass inspection every time he walks out of the house like, like I am before, you know, mom has to give the check and say, you're not wearing that out of the house. 
Either way, your dad will love clothing from American Giant. Father's Day is right around the corner. Now might be the best time to introduce him to uh, their amazing products. He's probably heard about them uh, already. American Giant founded on the idea of making a difference with American workers and American products. They have really great clothing your dad's going to love that's comfortable, stylish, and it's a way to support American businesses in the process. So buy American today. Check them out for Father's Day. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Use my code Glenn. Save 20% right now. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. All right, stand by. The national radio program begins in the second. Once in a while, Mitch McConnell hits the nail right on the head. He's like, this is a good deal for America, and uh, the Republicans should get behind it. And uh, that's why that's why I believe it's time for America to really double down and do the hard thing. Go the Mitch McConnell way. Let's, let's get Chris Christie and his vice president, uh, Mitt Romney, right into office, because I think... Holy cow. We're going to talk about the budget. It narrowly passed its first big test in the House committee. And who was the one? My good friend, Thomas Massey. I don't get it, Thomas. He's here to talk about it coming up in just a second. All right. So uh, our sponsor this half hour is Relief Factor. Katie lives in Pennsylvania. She was, for the longest time, in pain with shoulder pain, essentially ruining her life. Everything she tried to use to combat the pain either didn't work or it left her with all kinds of side effects. She didn't know where else to turn. Fortunately, Katie listens to the radio a lot, including this show. Hello, Katie. She heard me talking about Relief Factor. She decided to give it a shot. After all, what do you have to lose? I mean, I'm already down to the bottom of the barrel. I'm listening to Glenn Beck. I mean, my life could not get worse, she thought. So she'd give it a... And Katie, you're right. Uh, she's given it a shot, and she said the, the pain in her shoulders, she said, I felt it begin to melt away. And the best part, no side effects. Katie got her life back. You could too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, and order the three-week quick start. You'll know in three weeks if it's going to work for you. 800, the number four, relief. 800 for relief or relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. So this is great, uh, Stu. The uh, House Rules Committee gave the green light for the Fiscal Responsibility Act. I love these. Whatever the name says it is, it's always the opposite. This is not fiscal responsibility. Hey, you know, we could spend anywhere between four and 
$1.6 trillion in the next two years, you know, over what we can bring in. I don't think that's a good idea. That's not fiscal responsibility. Anyway, uh, the panel advanced the bill to the floor for debate. They could be voting on it tonight in a narrow 7-6 vote. Uh, This was Thomas Massey of Kentucky, a GOP hardliner and fiscal hawk. He voted in favor of the rule. He said, today's bill is a product of compromise and reflects the realities of a divided government. Uh, He said that he is uh, was not trying to um, let's see here. Uh, I'm not I'm not trying to do anything ideological on this committee. That's not what committees are for. Well, I kind of disagree with that, but um, now McCarthy came out and he, you know, they were like, uh, hey, dude, looks like you were outsmarted. He's like outsmarted. Pfft. Joe Biden can't even find his pants in the morning. Yeah, that's probably why we're a little upset. Uh, he said, how are we outsmarted? It's the largest tax cut in the history of Congress. Okay. Could we stop there for just a second? First of all, Stu, do you know how anyone's calling this a tax cut? I mean, uh, sorry, a spending cut? Uh, well, they, the stated uh, part of this, we can talk to Thomas about this, but uh, it's a cut as to future projections and spending. So it's right? a slowdown of spending. Mm-hmm. It's not a cut. Like they say, we're going to be spending $1.5 trillion less over 10 years from what measure, right? What, what benchmark are you talking about? And it's right. Projections made previously, not what we're actually spending today. Correct. Correct. Now, let me just ask this. If it's a, let's just say. I feel like you're luring me into something here. No, no, no. <laughs> let's just say you're using the 1%. Mm-hmm. Okay. 1%. We're keeping a cap 1%. That's the largest cut in American history. And we feel like uh, I think they just went to plastic straws because paper straws are starting to get expensive. Okay. (laughs) Okay. If it's the largest cut in American history, that should tell you something because Calvin Coolidge cut the budget by 50 percent, five zero percent. That's a big cut, but it's nowhere close to this because We're spending so much money. If 1% of our budget is cut, and that's bigger than a 50% budget, and then the next year another 50% cut from the budget, that's a problem. We're spending way too much money. Now, Thomas Massey is on, and I'm not happy with my friend, but he is my friend, and I want to listen to I want to listen to your your argument here, Thomas. What okay. the hell were you thinking? Just to clear up a few things. Okay. The uh, I do believe committees are for imprinting your ideological preferences, with the exception of one committee. That's the rules committee. What we do on that committee, if we're doing our job, is to make sure the House follows its own rules. Let okay. me give you an example. All right. I, uh, we have a 72-hour rule. It says you have to have 72 hours to read a bill. That's been in place for 10 years, and the Rules Committee always waived it for the first 10 years. Right. When Chip Roy and Ralph Norman and I got on that committee, we said you're not waiving this rule. 
That's why you've had from Sunday at seven o'clock until today at seven o'clock to read this bill before we even get to vote on it. So that's what the rules committee does. Okay. All right. It's true. We could have stopped this bill, but it's, we can stop anything. You can rewrite legislation in the rules committee. You're not supposed to, but I'm on there to make sure they don't, they didn't do all any of that malfeasance. So he couldn't in good conscience use my position on the rules committee to stop this bill. Now everybody gets it. I I agree with you on all of that. If that was your reason, I agree with you. Okay. Now, let me go on to the the bill. Uh Some of the people opposed to this bill are overstating their case, and some of the people supporting this bill are overstating their case. Okay. Uh, You know, there are caps on discretionary spending. There are work requirements. I don't – I'm not litigating any of that. I, what I am, the biggest part of this bill that appeals to me is they included language that I suggested. It wasn't in the first debt limit bill that passed the House. It was in this one. It says that if we get to January 1st and we're still operating on a CR because the Senate wouldn't take the House's 12 separate appropriations bills up, we do a real, honest to goodness, 1% cut of everything. Military, Democrat programs, all of it gets cut 1%. Why is it, why is it 1%? Why isn't it 10% or 50%? Because I've seen these guys. They will, they, when sequester happened, they were willing to do unnatural, unholy, and unclean acts to avoid a, a big cut. But I think a 1% cut is enough to just drive them back to the table and do their freaking jobs, 12 separate appropriations bills. So that's that's language in this bill. Now, it may never become operable because maybe we get the 12. Maybe the Senate brings up our 12 bills before January 1st, but it's hanging out there and they know it's there and they I hope they will avoid it. Now, I know you had some of my friends on uh, yesterday. Yeah. Super close friends. And and I'm not. And you guys, you guys love each other. You're on the same side. Just we don't always have to agree with each other. This one is kind of a big one, but I, I respect you, Thomas. There's, you are not a rhino and all those things. Your logic is, is usually very, very sound. Well, here's where, now let me let the engineer in me speak and do the logic part of this. Okay. Um, my friends, they're saying, they're not saying they wouldn't vote for a debt limit increase. In fact, we've almost all of us in the house already have when we voted for the cut, save, limit, grow, whatever they called it, act. So they're not saying they wouldn't vote for debt limit increase. They're saying this bill isn't good enough, or maybe they're saying this bill is bad, even if it didn't have a debt limit in it. They, they think it's still bad. I hear their complaints, and many of them are valid. But the question is, what, what are we going to get if we blow this up in the House? And I've, I've been here long enough to tell you what I think comes next. This is where I disagree with my friends. Some of them think you blow it up in the House and you march Kevin back over to the White House and you put him back in the room with Biden and he comes out with something that's miraculously better. I don't think that's the next step. I think what happens next is McConnell and Schumer say, "Okay, well, you guys are done playing around. We're going to get this done. And they create another pair of negotiators. They've done this before. And those two guys have great latitude. They'll, they'll pump out something that's darn near a clean debt limit increase. They'll send it over to the House. 
you have 10 Republicans who will cross the aisle and vote with Hakeem Jeffries, and that's, and you get a clean debt limit increase. So what we're talking about here is a disagreement, not on ideology, or even, I'm not here to say this is the best bill ever. It's a disagreement on how how we go forward and what so, we get if we blow this So I, I actually probably agree with you on what comes next. And that is because McCarthy blew it. He hit, was holding all of the cards, all of them. Now you go back and they will absolutely paint the Republicans exactly the way they always paint the Republicans. Um, and he didn't have to do that. All the polls were showing that America was on your side for the first time. They're on the Republican side on this issue. And he blew it. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know, if if this bill passes, I, I think McCarthy should be gone. He blew it. He blew it. Um, I, well, he got my provision in there, so I can't say he blew it. And but I do agree that the 435 people in the House designating one person to go into a back room and cut a deal with the president is a real crappy way to do business, which is but everybody agreed to do that business that way. It, it kills me. We should have been debating and amending stuff in the Senate and the House. And then then you would have a product that's valid. But that's what we're going to do on the appropriations bills. And I think the debt limit fight is a scrimmage. And I think the appropriations bills that are coming up is the Super Bowl. And, you know, we, I was a part of all three efforts to get rid of John Boehner. I co-wrote with Mark Meadows the motion to vacate. And if you go back and read it, we listed a long train of abuses that John Boehner had undertaken. If you disagree with Kevin on this, it's not a long train. It would be the first car in the train. No, it's a, I don't think Americans look at it that way anymore, Thomas. I'm sorry. The Republicans have months. so – hang on just a second. The Republicans have so damaged themselves. This is a long train because every time you trust the Republicans to do something and stand, they fail. Every time, they fail. And it's not because, it's not because they're outsmarted. I mean, are, are they really this stupid that they lose Every single time? No. It's because they don't say what they mean and mean what they say. They don't look at these issues the same way the American uh, public, especially Republicans, view these issues. So I'm sorry if it's not so fair that you go after McCarthy on this one train of, of, of abuse. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. I, I, it's, I understand if you're on the outside looking in. That's the way it looks. Uh, but we call it the Old Testament and the New Testament. On January, we created the New Testament. There was a new covenant with Kevin. And I'm willing to stick this out a few innings. I'm not ready to start, you know, punching the umpire on the first inning. Uh, okay, I don't agree with the call, but let me take a few more swings at these pitches and let's see if we can, we can score something. So it's a new it's a New Testament. Let's try it. I am not for. I think it's premature to say that we should vacate the chair or something like that. John Boehner abused us for quite a while. This is a judgment call. What we dis, what I disagree with my friends on is that if we blow this up, we get a better deal. I don't think we get a better deal if we blow. And this I up. agree with you on that. Because your house, because your house leader blew it. That's why. That's why. But I agree with you. Now it's too late. 
He got my provision in there at one percent cut on January. If we're if the Senate hasn't done, I can't believe the White House agreed to it, but they did one percent cut on January. If we're still operating under a CR when we get there, you know it would have been okay. better if you would have left <laughs> the Rains Act in there. I'm just saying we'll be voting on the Rains Act uh, next week, I believe, here in the House, and I may be managing that bill for the Rules Committee. Well, so. Uh, you know there what? You I, I will. I think you'll be celebrated from coast to coast if you can get the Reigns Act through. But um, Thomas, I want to make it really clear. I'm. I am not mad at you. I disagree with uh, some things. I. I hope that you know you are my friend and I am your friend. But uh, this is the way America used to be. I will fight for your right to say and to do things that you believe are true. You fight for my right to do that. We're going to disagree because we're humans. Um, but I, I'll tell you, the patience of the American people is running very, very thin, very thin. Well, I'm not infallible. Maybe I got duped on this. I don't think I did. I've seen enough of, of the tricks they play. But I, I respect your opinion, and I understand the frustration. That's the same frustration that drove me to come here. I know. And I'm trying to, to see a way through this, uh, and we'll, we'll see what happens after this. We, you know, I would just say don't judge us and don't judge Kevin on, on this thing alone. It's like sighting in a rifle. You, you don't look at where the last bullet went. You look at the pattern. And, and where the grouping is to determine what you need to do to correct the rifle. Yeah. And this may be a flyer. It may be, but I don't think it is. You, you, you can sight in the rifle, but when you're in war and the enemy is almost on top of you, sometimes you just start to shoot. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, Thomas, thank, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, Congressman Thanks. Thomas Massey from the great state of Kentucky. More in just a second. Rough Greens. Janet writes in about her dog's experience with Rough Greens. She says, our little rescue girl loves Rough Greens. I fill her kibble bowl. If there were no Rough Greens in it, she sniffs and then goes to the cupboard where it's kept and waits until I add it. Then and only then she'll eat. Smart girl. She's more energetic and curious now than she was before. She's more playful, too, and her allergies seem to annoy her much, much less. Thank you so much, Rough Greens. Look, we all know healthy food isn't brown unless it's a steak. And I'm not throwing a steak in the bowl for my for my dog. I'm just saying everybody knows healthy food is green. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black invented the solution. And if you did this with vegetables and all the green crap that I'm supposed to eat and it tastes good, you can sprinkle it on my food all you want. Special deal for your dog at roughgreens.com gives them everything that they need. It's the first bag free. All you pay for is shipping. Roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. R-U-F-F-Greens.com. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. Yeah. You're very tough on Thomas Massey, I thought, because mm-hmm. he is your friend, and mm-hmm. I, and uh, you know he's one of the best. Uh, he's co- great, congressman. He's great. I, w- I would argue. I just uh, don't. I I think, you know, and he may end up being right. I think he is right. On it's too late now. You gave away all the cards. You held every single card. 
and McCarthy just threw them out on the table. Yeah, I mean, I think the the argument for the bill is, and I think I would be okay with this if it, they were a little more honest, not Thomas, but like generally speaking, Republicans a little more honest on this, that, look, this started with the Joe Biden saying he wasn't going to even talk to them, right? They started with nothing, and it wound up with something, but I mean, I don't you think it's have to look. That's 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 but. living in a vacuum, Stu. Mm-hmm. For the first time, people were like, "You can't continue this spending. Mm-hmm. You can't. So cut it." You had like what sixty five percent of the American people. They are not going to default. If they default, it's by choice. I agree with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So and people were. For the first time, you know, in my entire life, they're going to close down the government. They're going to close. They're going to close the doors on us. That's what they used to say. Now it's they're going to default. Well, how helpful is that saying that when you know it's not true? Okay. Yeah. And people, they knew he threw all that advantage away. First time we'd ever had it. Uh, yeah. I mean, but of course they don't control the whole government they are dealing with people who are completely insane and you know you in that they're never going to get this entire bill they asked for we no. all knew that so the question was how much did they get i mean what did they get 10 percent of what they asked for should mean, they have got 25 should they should they have at least gotten the fbi agents they're weaponizing the government oh yeah like the, the would you the, would you do something uh, for, irs is a great example of this I, what did they cut two billion dollars from the budget uh, you know yeah like two percent right you know, I mean, what they didn't get much there. I mean, I, look, I'm not happy with the bill. I, I wouldn't be happy with it. Um, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see who this turns out <laughs> is going to actually stand in the Republican Party for yeah. the average person. They're weaponizing the government. Yeah, I would when argue, are you going to do something about it? I would argue that very much so. Thomas believes he is standing for the American people. That's oh, I know that's he how is. he does business. No, but no, no. Still, I, I, I agree with you. We, there, you have to watch this stuff, and if they don't come up with I mean, you know just how many chances we're we gonna give them no you, you don't i mean look i don't think there's another chance to be given here per se i mean thomas i think deserves another de- deserves oh, yeah, a, yeah. a fair hearing of his views but yeah that's about it the over there back in washington these days yeah all right summer's here and that means it's time to beat the heat with blinds.com and their memorial day sale happening right now save 45 percent on selected products plus doorbusters your home is going to look a lot better once you got new window treatments from Blinds.com. The easiest way to make your windows in your house look completely different and great. Easy to the point that you could be sitting in the hammock, uh, you know, having a nice spring snooze while they handle all the install. You just click installation at checkout. You can do it yourself or you can get help, even including picking out everything by talking to one of their design experts for free. They'll help you decide on the best selection, everything from classic shutters to outdoor roller shades and a whole lot more. It's blinds.com. They've covered over 25 million windows and counting 100% satisfaction guarantee. So shop blinds.com, their Memorial Day sale now at 45% off selected products plus doorbusters. 45% off selected products now blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply you want to talk about a real cut let's talk about blaze tv 10 percent off right now if you use the code glenn at blaze tv.com slash glenn
Thank you for listening to the Glenn Beck program. You are an amazing group of people. Um, the the world really didn't know about ESG. We started talking about it when it was just a conspiracy theory. And I think because of this audience and the audiences of Russell Brand that people now know what ESG is and they're standing up against it. The other thing that this audience and I did it out of stupidity. I just didn't know you don't touch this rail. Um, I I began talking about George Soros 20 years ago and and speaking out loudly about him and found him to be a very dangerous person. Because of that, a lot of money was spent through media matters and everything else to, in particular, target me and my voice. And he has um, he has rallied people to say that I'm an anti-Semite for it. Nothing could be further. F- I won the Defender of Israel Award. I mean, I just I'm just saying. Um, uh, but you always claim that he is that you're an anti-Semite if you speak out about him. I don't care what his religion, what his creed, what his race. I don't care about any of it. I don't care. He and America is now seeing it firsthand is systematically dismantling the West. Look at what he's done to some of our cities. His influence is dangerous. Alan Dershowitz has just written a very brave article. It's not going to... Alan, welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much. I think I was there when you got the Defender of Israel Award, and I stood up and I gave you a standing ovation. Yeah, thank Uh, you. You deserved it. And you're not only a Defender of Israel, you've been a Defender of the Jewish people, you've been a Defender of religion. How dare anybody uh, call you an anti-Semite? The only anti-Semite that we've discussed on this show so far is George Soros, who Mm. was a self-hating... He's not even a Jew. I mean, you know, he started his life by collecting the property of Jews who were being sent to the concentration camps. That's how he made his first money. He's devoted his life to hurting Jews, to hurting Israel, to hurting America. And uh, nobody's attacking him because he's a Jew. Obviously, he's hardly a Jew at all. As a friend of mine would put it, he's Jewish only on his parents' side. And his mother, his mother, he brags, his mother was an anti-Semite, an anti-Semite. So how dare anybody suggest that criticizing George Soros is anything but good for America, good for the Jewish people, good for Israel. I'm going to continue to criticize him, as I've been doing along with you for the last 20 years. Let people call me an anti-Semite. I, I tell you, this is not going to make you more popular. <laughs> no. Can I be any less popular? You know, I am so surprised yeah. today. I used to be one of the most popular guys around. I know. And I defended Donald Trump, so all the Democrats hated me. And then I decided yeah. not to vote for Donald Trump, so a lot of the Republicans hated me. Yeah. So. It's me and my wife and my kids and uh, and you and a yeah. few other people. <laughs> uh, so you make the point. I mean, I don't know what it's going to take because the media is all in for George Soros. He he funds so many things. And his son, I believe, is worse. And he's got control, I think, of 17 of the 19 billion dollars of these funds. Um, but. No one in the media will say anything about George Soros, and he is dismantling our country. Well, and it's, it's worse than that. Uh, the Jerusalem Post uh, had an article saying every Jew 
must support um, uh, George Soros. And I wrote back and saying, not this Jew. I'm not going to do it. Uh, I see evil where I see evil. I see good where I see good. I support Christians when they do the right thing. I oppose Jews when they do the wrong thing. And you do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not going to defend somebody just because they're a Christian. Nope. Uh, Obviously, (laughs) some of the worst people in the world have come from various backgrounds and various ethnicities. You don't ask the question, you know, what's your religion? First of all, source isn't religious, but you don't ask the question, what is your religion? You ask the question, what did you do? Correct. What have you done to America? What have you done to fund prosecutors who are uh, not doing their job and politicizing the criminal justice system? Uh, What do you do when you take an organization like Human Rights Watch, which was a wonderful organization, neutral, unbiased, and you turn it into a hate America, hate Israel, hate human rights, and just use human rights as a weapon against conservatives and in favor of the hard left? That's what George Soros' legacy is. I know his son. He has a house on Martha's Vineyard. I know one of his sons. I don't know the other one. He seems like a nice enough guy. And, you know, for all I know, George Soros can be a nice guy in person, too. But you judge people by their actions. Yes. And by his action, George Soros is is an evil. I mean, you know, I think that, that uh, Elon Musk got it right. He's a supervillain. He's a supervillain. Uh, he may not be a cartoon character supervillain, well, you but said- in real life... He's done an enormous amount of harm. In uh, in your op-ed, uh, you said you won't call him Magneto because you don't really know who Mr. Magneto no, is. Really. Uh, yeah, however, yeah. I've always said I thought he was more like the Emperor in Star Wars. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think your friends will save you. Uh, uh, anyway, um, you know, there... There are a couple of countries, I think one in Asia, I think Hungary, maybe another one that has banned his, uh, you know, Open Society Foundation and his uh, NGOs from coming into the country. I, I, it, Look, it, it, I mean, I think I we should do that here. That. But. I don't agree with that. But and I also think that there are some countries in, 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 in Poland and in Austria and in Hungary there have been some people who have used sources, Jewish heritage, against him in order to promote anti-Semitism. Mm. We all condemn that. We all condemn that. Yeah. Uh, in the same way we would condemn if anybody used somebody's uh, Muslim heritage or Christian heritage uh, to condemn them. You condemn the person for what they did, not for what they are. And so, you know, I'm going to continue to condemn those Europeans who point out Soros's or religion who compare him to, for example, the Rothschild family. And the Rothschilds were real Jews. They helped establish Israel. They, for the most part, were great, great people. And in that case, they only use their Jewishness to demonize them. But that's not the case with George Soros. And I'm going to continue to criticize him, and I encourage others to criticize him without reference to his religion. So how I've never referenced his religion. And I've, I've actually given him the benefit of the doubt on his childhood uh, during the Second World War. Because, I mean, yeah. I, I, I wasn't in that situation. No. I don't know yeah. what I would have done. And I don't want to judge somebody for that. What? What has bothered me about that is he said he's never given it a second thought. He's never had any question about what he did. And, and, and he said, if I hadn't done it, somebody else would have. That's what, right. uh, you know, that's what right. everybody said. Yeah. Doing horrible, horrible things 
in Germany. No, you, you stand up for what's right. And, uh, you know, I still love to hear him explain his statement, his bragging statement that his mother was an anti-Semite, as if that's something to be proud of. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, <laughs> my father was a hardworking guy. I'm very proud of him. He put me through college and law school. I'm proud of my father. But the idea of saying your mother was an anti-Semite, it, there must be something about that that makes him gloat with, with glee. Um, you know, he, what he argues is he doesn't like particularism. He likes universalism. Mm-hmm. Just an excuse. That's just an excuse. Uh, what he doesn't like is Israel. He never has. What he doesn't like is America, the country that saved him and saved so many of us and our parents and our grandparents. You know, my, my grandmother, who came from a little shtetl in Poland, was such an American patriot. She would take us on July 4th to the Statue of Liberty, make us pledge allegiance, and then mm. sing in her broken accent the, the Star-Spangled Banner, including the second verse, which nobody knew, but my <laughs> grandmother with a thick accent knew the second verse because she just loved America. And uh, she loved Israel. And, you know, she, I'm so proud of, of her. She made it from nothing. And, you know, George Soros, bless him, he made a lot of money. That's okay. That's the free market. But to use his money in the way he does in such a destructive manner is is appalling and deserves to be criticized. So, and I'm going to continue to criticize it. I got a lot of flack for doing it, um, and um, but I'm going to continue to do it. So, all right. So let me ask you this. So the only solution to and I'm asking you sincerely. I don't have an answer. The only solution to his use of money, the way he uses it, for instance, in all of our cities is just to expose him and talk about it? I think so. I mean, you know, there are there are ways of limiting expenditures, but they run into the Constitution, and generally I don't support, you know, money is free speech, and so right. let him do what he wants to do, but, you know, let's condemn him for the way he spends his money and the way he tries to influence America for the worst. So I wouldn't, you know, take away his money or take away his ability. Oh, you can't influence. But I would I would hope that people wouldn't be influenced by his money to defend him. I think a lot of the people who jump to his defense and who criticize us are probably direct or indirect beneficiaries of his money. Oh, yeah. And oh, that's yeah. why Media Matters yeah. and other organizations like that jump to his defense immediately because they want his money. Uh, thank you so much, Alan, for everything that you sure. uh, do, and and uh, just a uh, just another notch there on the popularity poll uh, <laughs> for Alan Dershowitz. Thank you so much, Alan. I appreciate it. My pleasure. You bet. Alan Dershowitz, Harvard Law School professor emeritus, host of the Dersh Show, which is a great podcast, and the author of Get Trump. Not that he was saying get Trump. He was anyway. Uh, I don't think I've ever had a, we've ever had a guest on that's been more negative on George Soros than you. I think we just set a new record. That was uh, that was an impressive. And I guess you yeah, can, I, can you call Alan Dershowitz an anti-Semite? Is that what the next step in this a little uh, charade is? No, I they'll guess do, we're going next. They, they will they will ignore it, hmm. or they will just say he's going senile or whatever ah, it is. They they will it. find their attack. Anyway, uh, realestateagentsitrust.com is our uh, sponsor. It turns out buying and selling houses kind of sucks. Big shocker. Uh, sadly, not as simple as just, you know, here's my keys and you give me a big fat check. 
the selling end, you've got inspections, repairs, remodeling, finally having to take care of all those things that, you know, your wife has been saying, can you just fix this? Then on the buying end, you always don't know what to look for. Kitchen may look great in the pictures, but it, is it, I mean, how is it built? Uh, you know, you're going to get hungry at some point. That, that kitchen better stand up. Years ago, I realized uh, what you need is a real estate working for you who knows all of the ins and outs of the business, somebody who knows the best practices and is with the times that are changing now, somebody who can assemble the right team to get the job done. This is what I needed, and that's what we do now at realestateagentsitrust.com. These are the agents that we have fully vetted and we watch and monitor very closely to make sure that they are the best people to get the job done. Realestateagentsitrust.com. All you do is just write us, tell us where you're buying or selling across the street or across the country. And if we have a real estate agent that we can recommend, we will. And usually it's in about five minutes. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Here's where the rubber meets the road. Are you a conspiracy theorist if you believe the next thing I'm going to tell you about? Or are you a smart American if you act on what I'm about to tell you about? Record drug shortages across the United States are delaying potentially life-saving treatments for thousands of patients across the country. Congress and the White House are scrambling to address a shortfall in prescription drugs, everything from painkillers to cancer treatments. Hospitals all across the country on a regular basis, sometimes weekly, have to review which drugs are in short supply or not available that week. The shortage is being most acutely felt in the generic drug market, which accounts for nearly 90% of U.S. prescriptions. The U.S. reached a peak level of 295 active drug shortages, although the FDA says it's only 130. Meanwhile, the American Society of Health reports 301 different drugs are short first quarter of 2023. According to the FDA, the average drug shortage lasts for about 18 months. Some shortages, they say, have lasted for 15 years. Some of the medicines that are in short supply Adderall, Tylenol, various antibiotics, including amoxicillin, saline mixtures used in IVs, and almost two dozen kinds of anti-cancer drugs. But other than that, we're good. <laughs> other than that, we're good. Just maybe, you know, between 100 and 300 drugs that our hospitals can't get. This is not normal. In my entire life, the only time I remember a Tylenol shortage was when somebody was poisoning Tylenol. You couldn't get it. I don't remember drug shortages here and there, maybe one or two, but not like this. This is your government helping you out, gang. All of this stuff would go away if the government would stop trying to help, all they're doing is destroying everything. When you can't get antibiotics in America 
or your heart medicine. You can't get that, really, in America? May I just suggest, this is not a commercial, uh, jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. These guys are putting, they're doing something new where you can get a year's supply worth of that, uh, whatever it is, the drug, I mean, not narcotics and things, but, you know, insulin. I mean, if there's a shortage, if there's a, a breakdown supply chain, we go to war. Do you know what it's going to be like medicine here in America? Mm. Conspiracy theorists, you know, they're probably, you know, doing what they should and get as much of the medicine that they're going to need so they don't have to stand in line. But of course, they're crazy people. The sane people do nothing except laugh at all the people that are preparing. I like when prep lines up with my laziness like this. We're like, <laughs> I just rather have a large supply anyway, so I don't have to keep yeah. going back to the pharmacy. Uh, so JaceMedical.com. <laughs> I highly suggest it. JaceMedical.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you about my Patriot Supply. I don't think I need to tell you that things are falling apart and things could go dicey um, quickly. So what are you going to do if trucks aren't running, if there's a breakdown of society even, whatever, or if there's just a, you know, a big you know, hurricane that happens and you have to get out? Imagine how much it's going to cost you just in the food and everything else to feed your family. When there's long lines at the grocery stores, uh, you can rest assured your family's taken care of. If you go to My Patriot Supply right now, three-month emergency food kits from My Patriot Supply. The kit includes breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, snacks, provide over 2,000 calories a day, and it's great food. And you can last in storage for 25 years. Don't delay. Order your three-month emergency food kit today. Save $200 per kit. Easy to order. MyPatriotSupply.com. Fast, free shipping. Do it today <clears throat> so you're not sitting out going, geez, I wish I would have done that earlier. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. A very serious discussion for thinking Americans. Next. Here is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I don't know if anybody else has the feeling, and I, I go back and forth between, well, it's just because of all the things I'm seeing, but I don't think it is. Uh, if you've had the feeling that times have changed, especially with this transgender thing and the pushback, uh, on Bud Light, now Target, and we look at that as a good thing. But there's also another side of this that bothers me a great deal. 
these people that are really behind all of the stuff that's happening to our country, they, they, they won't have a problem, you know, lining people up against a wall and shooting them. They're Marxists. Um, and they don't give up lightly. So we're going after their big ESG, which is good, I guess, because it will hurt BlackRock. But BlackRock's not going to sit around and take it. And everybody seems to be so confident. What is it they have planned? What is coming next in this battle? James Lindsay, he is um, he's a brilliant guy, mathematician, um, a out-of-the-box thinker, knows the left very, very well, uh, and got out of the left and tried to find sanity. He's warning about something, and I... I think, if I understand it, I think he's right. And we'll talk to him about this. This is really important and for non-reactionaries and thinkers to actually listen because something is coming our way, I fear, and he may know exactly what it is. We go there in 60 seconds. Right now, there's a serious argument going on among my staff about which fast food joint has the better burger. It's really threatening to tear the company apart. I mean, especially the Texans with the Whataburger thing. I don't get involved, you know. I like diversity, so I eat at all fast food restaurants, you know. And when I'm home, I go for something more tasty, a big old fat steak or burger that I get from Good Ranchers. You might not know this, but 85% of the grass-fed beef is imported from overseas. When it has a little flag thing on it says, you know, product of the U.S., it's not. It's not. Just means it's been cut here. It's horrible. It's a scam. All of the high-quality beef and chicken and fish from uh, Good Ranchers comes from local farms and ranches. And for every box ordered, Good Ranchers donates 10 meals to Americans in need. A million meals so far. Head over to GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code BECK, $30 off any box with Good Ranchers. You can feel good about the 100% American locally sourced meat that you're putting on your grill and on your plate. Make this summer one to remember by starting with American meat delivered to your door from GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code BECK. You'll save $30 off now. GoodRanchers.com. So James Lindsay is uh, with us, and he's hacking everybody off uh, online um, because I don't I, I'm not sure that people understand what he is trying to warn against. Uh, welcome to the program, James. Hey, Glenn. Always good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Um, he is the author, by the way, of The Marxification of Education and New Discourses founder and president. Uh, he says political warfare is coming during pride month and i fear your your right and i also fear that you're right about the warning to christians so uh james where do you want to where do you want to start i think maybe we'll start kind of big picture i think we're going to see uh what political warfare is first of all is when you use basically intelligence kind of tactics against a population to get them to act and behave in certain ways that you can then take advantage of for political purposes, to drive an agenda, to get the DOJ to crack down on something, whatever. So now we know what that is. I think we're going to see two attacks 
through pride, using LGBTQ, as they call it, issues as the, as the wedge, one of those will be to get our corporations that skew as American brands, Ford, Target, Bud Light, you know, Americana brands, to take this up full blast so that conservatives will turn around and boycott and target these corporations as we should and almost as we must, so we cut off ourselves at our own knees. And Marxists would like nothing better. But secondly, they will attack religious icons. They will go after children. We've seen this with the so-called Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence or whatever they call themselves Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. Going after very religious, offensive uh, behaviors. And the goal will be to, they know that, that conservatives, and particularly a lot of conservative Christians, are getting angry that they're getting desperate. Uh, it's almost like they've woke up a dragon and they're going to feed the dragon and get them to do something stupid that will then turn around and get used against them to whether it's investigate churches, shut down churches, um, come down in, on, on conservative Christianity just from a political perspective so that they're the domestic terrorist hotbeds of the country, and then come around in a few months and offer some new fake state-approved Christian churches that will fill in uh, the space that gets left by bulldozing um, what exists now. So you really think it'll go, I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised at this, but uh, I mean, that is a huge statement to make that they will shut down our churches? Well, I, you know, the federal government can only do so much with that, but they can start doing investigations. They can start digging in. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if there is some large Christian reaction that's not strategic, that's not thoughtful. I'm asking nobody, by the way, to sit on their hands and do nothing. This is a common misconception of what I'm saying. But if it's not strategic, if we're not thinking intelligently about how we approach this, there are already large dossiers written for the federal government saying that the cause of January 6th, which, of course, is their favorite thing to go to was in fact not even maga or trump believe that believe it how crazy is it that they say it's something other than trump it's christian nationalism which is a rising domestic terror threat so if they can use some excuse to label churches as breeding grounds for domestic terrorism you can bet the department of homeland security the department of justice and maybe the irs are going to be cracking down and spying on churches you can bet they're going to try to push something like a second patriot act that allows them to spy on churches and do whatever else that they have to do in order to try to limit that alleged threat of domestic terrorism and this is well linked already in the federal government this isn't just some media narrative although that's happening too to give it legs in the population this is something that they'll get the public to demand that they're going to say white supremacy tied to Christian nationalism, white Christian nationalism is the biggest threat. It's a very serious concern, and they will use the unbelievable provocations that they're going to put forth in the next month or two for pride to trigger Christians into giving them the reaction that they need so that they can justify these political moves against both Christians and conservatives, but also all Americans. So in one survey conducted between 2007 and 2017, uh, 52%, this is the claim, support some form of Christian nationalism. Later study, Brookings Institute, Public Religion Research Institute, says only 29% of Americans fall somewhere on the Christian nationalist spectrum. Over half Republicans reportedly show some degree of support, with 21% counting as adherents and 33% as sympathizers. What exactly is a Christian nationalist? 
You know, Glenn, I wish I could tell you because it's a very wide and I think deliberately wide spectrum of beliefs that ranges as, from things that are as innocuous as that we need to have kind of a broad cultural revival and bring Christian values back to the public square, meaning at the level of individuals coming back to God, coming back to the church, getting you know their Christian principles right and living them, all the way to the other side where we're talking about in, say, the book that's titled A Case for Christian Nationalism by Stephen Wolf, mm. uh, a Christian prince bestriding the land is the highest official, not just in the United States, but in the world. And so this Christian prince is, of course, a Protestant recreation of the Pope. And this person is supposed to become the ultimate civil magistrate um, right out of kind of old philosophy. You know, we talk old philosophy sometimes, Glenn, right out of Hegel's philosophy of right, where we're going to have this mm. new kind of brilliant magistrate leader who's going to, you know, have the correct ideals and principles and lead the country. So it's a huge spectrum of that, anything in between. And they're playing, in a sense, both sides against the middle by putting out a wide spectrum of different views so that if one's unpalatable or one's too soft, they can point to the others and bounce around between the definitions and get people, and especially Christians, to dip into their values and say, well, you know what, I'm a Christian and I believe in this country, so I actually align with something in this and I'll use the label which, like I said, I believe is actually a gigantic federal government trap being set for Christians to step right into and lose their liberties. So let me just give you some headlines. Politico, um, most Republicans support declaring the United States a Christian nation. Uh, this is from the Washington Post. Americans are growing more accepted, uh, accepting of Christian nationalism. NPR, more than half of Republicans support Christian nationalism. Uh, well, I will tell you that um, they will put me and my collection uh, of historic items into Christian nationalism because I do believe the founding fathers founded this uh, with through their help or through their belief in the help of God. And we are a Judeo-Christian nation. That's where we get most of our laws and the ideas. They came from the pulpit. That doesn't mean we hate other religions or anything else. It just means that's the truth uh, of our of our founding. So that makes me a Christian nationalist, I'm sure, according to them. Right. Absolutely, Glenn. Yes, right. absolutely. You know how the left works. They work through insinuation, right. association and salacious claims so that they can take the softest possible expression, something like what you just gave that might convince somebody it's Christian national and then tie it to the most extreme behaviors. And this is exactly what the dossier that was presented to the House unselect, if we might quote President Trump on it. House Unselect Committee about January 6th. It's a 56-page document written by a lawyer named Andrew Siddell. And he, he goes as far on the one hand as giving kind of very extreme examples and tying it to neo-Confederacy and people carrying Confederate flags through the Capitol. And then on the other hand, he says, here's proof of Christian nationalism being so widespread. And it might be something as innocuous as quoting somebody giving a prayer that's something like, you know, Lord God, bless this nation. In Jesus' name we pray. And so now all of a sudden, because you're saying bless this nation, that counts. So your collection, certainly, your views, certainly are going to get roped into this. In fact, what you'll find is most of the conservative side of the aisle will get roped into this. I, according to my Wikipedia, I'm not even a Christian. 
I work with a Christian nationalist, so I'm Christian nationalist adjacent. But it turns out that the guy that I work with, his name's Michael Fallon, you know him, is not even a Christian nationalist and is on the front line fighting against this movement and this trap with me. So the, the, the facts will not matter to the left, is what I'm saying. Right. They will rope people in. They'll use insinuation, association to rope people in and to discredit them, to make them the new deplorables, the new unvaccinated, the new whatever can't be listened to, and to justify a large public scare campaign to get Democrats to pressure Democrat politicians to come out and push a second Patriot Act to investigate churches, to, to demand a mandate to figure out where this domestic extremism is allegedly coming from out of our churches. So here is something from the Joint Committee report on January 6th, that white Christian nationalists were more likely to eschew safety measures and prioritize the economy and liberty over the vulnerable. They're also more likely to hold anti-vaccine attitudes, oppose any federal gun control restrictions due to the belief that the Second Amendment was divinely inspired. They're more likely to fear immigrants and endorse anti-immigrant policies, and they oppose same-sex marriage and transgender rights. Holy cow. I'm telling you, Glenn, this is what Mao Zedong did in China and it worked. Not specifically with Christians, although that's relevant too. What he did very successfully was he wrapped up this campaign he called Unity Criticism Unity. He said, we're going to have unity on a new basis here in China. And then he criticized viciously, unfairly, just like what you just read, anybody who might be able to be painted, not even somebody who is, but somebody who can be painted as a impediment to that new basis and unity under it. And then when everybody that's still allowed to have, you know, a voice, a vote, et cetera, when everybody agrees, everybody who counts agrees, now they'll have unity under a new basis. We see this with the pushes for belonging. You see this with the pushes for inclusivity. You see this right here with what you just said. Every bad thing they can think of gets tied to this label Christian nationalism. And sadly, if they turn to some of these harder core guys that are both talking online and they're writing books and they're doing podcasts, they have ample evidence of people saying that they want to overturn the constitution. They want to undo the 14th amendment. They don't believe in the equal protection clause. They want to get rid of the 19th amendment. They want to get rid of free speech entirely and force belief. They have ample evidence. Stephen Wolf, who wrote this book, has a podcast out there that I've seen multiple times because people send it to me frequently where he says atheism will be stamped out in America. Well, what about Judaism? What about Mormonism? What about Buddhism? What about, you know, that is not American. See, that's that's the deal. Christian nationalism. If if that describes him, then he's neither Christian nor American. Because both of those go against Christianity and the American justice for all, freedom for all. All men are created equal. You can follow the con- your, the dictate of your conscience. Th- those things, they're in direct opposition to what, what most people who would be labeled a Christian nationalist would uh, agree with. I don't agree with anything that he just said. Right. And like I said, this is probably a minority of the people that are part of the movement, but the the left doesn't need most people to believe the crazy stuff. They need one person. That's it. Which is they have plenty now. And it's not even, by the way, that this isn't American. If I might be so bold, it's not even Christian. I mean, the idea, if I understand Christianity correctly, is that Jesus came, Jesus offered his message and Jesus is it's about you come to me if you choose on your own Correct. volition. This isn't about go out and force people to convert or stamp out this or that belief or whatever else. 
And what's happening is that people are justifiably and rightly frustrated. They are demoralized. They're afraid for their country, and they're starting to get desperate. They're saying it's too late. The Constitution's already dead. The law is already captured. We don't have any other options. And I don't... Yeah, I'm not, me excuse me. <laughs> and you're not a Christian, because everything but God, everything but God, have faith. Raising someone from the dead a little diffi- more difficult than bringing America back to uh, its sane place. Not even its world standing, just to s- where sanity and reason are once again followed. That's not a big magic trick for God to do. Raising dead, that's kind of a big thing. What do you say? We stop saying we're out of time, there's no hope. And start aligning yourself with the actual principles of Christ and Christianity. You know, I ask these fellows all the time, these Christian guys, I say, why do you doubt God's timing? If you have faith, why do you doubt God's timing? The American people are waking up to this. They're waking up to this now. People have spoken about it for 30 years, some longer. There are books from the early 1980s talking about yep. this, this march through our institutions, and people couldn't hear it or see it. But now people are waking up fast. They're understanding the ESG is kind of at the heart of something that's going on. They understand that social-emotional learning is the heart of the brainwashing happening in our schools. We're learning the targets we're learning what's going on we're learning it very quickly and we are actually as you mentioned with the boycotts we're willing to stand up and take a stand yeah maybe we should trust in the timing of this because it's meant to be this way maybe that's okay. the case so james Lindsay is with me hang on just a second because i've got a lot more you have time for the whole hour with me james yes sir yeah okay uh, so give me 60 seconds we'll be back with uh, james Lindsay. um you know, when you think of what Mike Lindell has done, um, he's uh, he's built quite a little empire. And, you know, it's not just the pillows. It's I mean, it, over and over and over again. His latest offer is the six piece towel set. They're made with USA cotton, extremely absorbent, yet soft and durable. Set comes with two bath towels, hand towels, washcloths. Now, these are normally 100 bucks, so these would be what my mom would say were the guest, you know, towels that we only use when guests are here. And we're like, when do guests stay with us, Mom? When? These towels are never, we're going to have these towels after you're dead, and they'll still be unused. But these are not guest towels, because you can get them now for 25 bucks. That's promo code Beck, 70% in savings, 25 bucks for the six towel set. Uh, they'll sell out fast. So go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square and get the clearance price of 25 bucks on the towel set. It is MyPillow.com, promo code Beck, 800-966-3117. 10 seconds, station ID. So, James, you are warning as well, I'm thinking here, that you are seeing the capital T traditionalist movement that is happening overseas. And you're you're warning about that as well, just kind of an American version of it, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's a very broad movement. It's a reaction is always provoked by communist communism as a global uh, phenomenon. It is provoking a, you know, traditionalist uh, reaction or return 
globally, not just in the United States, but we see it springing up around Europe. We see it springing up particularly in Hungary. And it is something to be concerned about, but it's also something that we can draw from if we're willing to be smart and strategic. Correct. And this is all I'm asking people to do is let's be strategic about we know we're going to be provoked. Let's be smart about it. Let's turn the table on them instead of letting them manipulate us into giving them everything they need. Okay. When we come back, we're going to talk strategy uh, because he's obviously put a lot of thought into this. I believe he is accurate. Uh, I'm going to give you a quick example of uh, history, how accurate he is. That is the next step. What do we do? That answer when we come back. The Glenn Beck Program. Goldlight celebrating Memorial Day for the whole week with a special offer uh, for both their new and existing clients right now with all the crazy economy news pending. Um, we have uh, some bad things coming down the pike. Uh, we should be prepared. Now, time and time again throughout history, when things get bad, the same financial wisdom holds true. Precious metals such as gold and silver have always been the best hedge against the insanity that plagues markets from time to time. Goldline celebrating Memorial Day week with a special offer to both new and existing clients with every tube of 25 of Goldline's popular quarter ounce Mayflower gold rounds. These are beautiful coins. You'll receive at no charge either five of the five ounce silver American flag bars or you can opt to receive 25 of the one ounce Liberty Bell silver rounds. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Goldline.com, 866-GOLDLINE. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. You'll get Studios America and Glenn TV live tonight. Use the promo code Glenn. Why do I think that James Lindsay is right about this? Because of this. Uh, in 1916, all of the churches, uh, all of the leaders all said, war, war, war. It's going to be won quickly. Uh, and lo and behold, uh, World War I is not won quickly. It starts with uh, Germany. And they are completely demoralized. And then they are raked against the coals by the uh, Paris Treaty. They're embarrassed. They're humiliated. They're angry. 1919, you've got a pandemic. Starts to wipe everybody out. Churches, real, true Christianity collapses around this time. Um, and it becomes intertwined with government. It was already intertwined during the war, saying, God wants this. We'll make us victorious, blah, blah, blah. So people's faith uh, kind of goes away. And there's a new republic. And in this new republic, the Weimar Republic, society begins extolling drugs, sex. The, the first transgender surgery happens there. Uh, pedophilia is starting to be um, really kind of in the mix of things. It's in schools. The first sexology university happens. Money collapse then happens. 
regular people are struggling, but the 20-somethings, they do well because they don't have families, and it's a new world. And so all of the people that were saying, wait a minute, this, but these principles don't work, they're all ushered out. Lawlessness, frustration, uh, homelessness, poverty, fear. Then a guy comes along and says, you know, Christianity is under attack. Look at what's happening, all this immoral living, and I'll clean it up. And good Christians and people who normally are good people, because of the 10 years prior, completely lost now and couldn't identify what Christianity, somebody's got to do something. And they elect Hitler. Six months later, the churches, most of the altars, I have a photo of Hitler, not of Christ. The book burning starts with the LGBT stuff and then just doesn't stop. That's why I think James Lindsay is right. And it's a warning to Christians. James, do you agree with that or not? I think that's right. And I think that a lot of Christians should pay attention. I know Eric Metaxas has a wonderful book about Bonhoeffer, and they can hear what happened with the churches and the Nazis and how the churches can very easily be either roped into these things or even cowed into silence to go along with it. Of course, they didn't know what was coming, the, the full scope of the terror, but they should have known that something was badly wrong. And it's very important for us to understand what we can learn from history to see the trajectories, the setups. The left uses the same playbooks again and again and again. And we actually, if we get serious, can outsmart them. So how do we do it? Well, it depends. Are you an everyday guy? Are you a legislator? There's different things different people can do. Uh, In the first instance where I mentioned there are these two main provocations, the one against Christians being one, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but the one against corporations, every time one of these big corporations, whether it's Ford or Target or Kohl's or whoever, Bud Light, Anheuser-Busch, whatever, when they come out with their crazy provocations, you know they're going to put forth in the next two months, point back to ESG. We have to be talking about ESG. We have to be getting congressional hearings. Call your congressman. Get the House Oversight Committee pulling these CEOs, pulling these corporate executives in and asking them, why on earth did you do this with your corporation? How is this consistent with fiduciary responsibility? Hang on just a sec. That stops the argument from being about Christian values. It's about ESG. Right. ESG is going to bring in a whole new religion that they call sustainability and inclusion. Correct. And every other religion will bend the knee to it or else it will be put on, uh, you know, the government's thumb will be put down upon it. Our First Amendment will not defend us if we enter into, into an entirely new set of principles. And so this is where we've got to turn the conversation with every one of these provocations. This is about ESG. This is about your corporate equality index. This is about your healthcare equality index. This is about your municipal equality index. All Correct. three of those put forth by the human rights campaign. And why on earth? There should be hearings. There should be attorneys general pushing on this. Why on earth are our municipalities? Why on earth are our corporations, our healthcare system beholden to a nonprofit called the Human Rights Campaign. Why is that number so important to them? And if we turn the conversation to the real target instead of fighting with each other, then it puts them in a bad place, especially if we start to expose the actual mechanisms that they use to run this racketeering scam on our our corporations. So what does the average person do? Besides calling uh, calling your congressman and and, uh, your AGs, because I 100% agree with that. 
What do you yes, do? They should, so they should be doing that. They should be, of course, getting educated on this matter, learning what ESG is, learning about the Corporate Equality Index and making this message. But as for the other kinds of provocations, it's crucial to think about these provocations before you react. What are they trying to get me to react to do? And then don't do that. If they want you to quit, you can't quit. If they want you to punch somebody, you absolutely cannot show up and punch somebody. You have to be thinking, I mean... It, you, you want to think almost from, again, if I might draw off the Bible, with Jesus's instruction about turning the other cheek. The idea is if they insult you, then you turn the other cheek and let them insult you again. Their provocations look ridiculous. They look hideous. They are not popular with the American people, but they look reasonable compared to a violent reaction. They look necessary compared to people throwing a fit in the other direction. So if you're a Christian, you should be praying for these people. You should be offering, oh, hey, if you have questions, we're happy to answer. We're not going to push anything on you, but I, we know you're struggling. We know this isn't healthy. We know some of you know that. And if you want, need an open door, totally private, you can come talk to us. They should be making these kind of peaceful offers. And again, turn the other cheek. You're going to insult our religion. You've insulted our religion. Aren't you the big guy? Aren't you so cool and edgy? It's embarrassing if you don't react to it. And you can highlight that they are acting grotesquely and badly. And our media should be highlighting this. Every time they do these provocations, we should be able to highlight it. Just like the left will highlight even one guy showing up and being a jerk. We should be pointing out, look at how grotesque it is. Look at how it happens again and again. But you must protect your, yourself. You must protect your churches if you are in that kind of position. You must protect your kids and your family and the, the kids in your neighborhood as well as you can. So get involved in their lives. Don't take them to a protest at Dodger Stadium. Do something online. Have a prayer vigil, whatever it is. If you do have people in L.A. who go to Dodger Stadium, do not cross the street. Stay across the street just like you would do. The, the playbook should be the same as the way Christians approach abortion centers. They don't go attack them. They stand a reasonable distance away and make their presence known and pray and offer to counsel and offer to meet with people. And they don't go provoke. We must not counter provoke because that's what they're counting on. A lot of people will say that this is just acquiescing, that you're just, you're just, you know, we got to fight fire with fire, which I think is suicide. You'll burn the entire thing down. Well, yeah, the thing is, is we should, in a sense, if we're going to fight fire with fire, you have to pick the right fire. The media is a good fire. We know that they've weaponized the mainstream media against us, but we also know that on social media, through programs like yours, that these counter stories, as it were, go viral as well. Everybody that shares these things, they slowly leak out. They slowly get out there. If you don't give them the reaction, the story is look at these provocateurs acting in a grotesque way. People all over this country are sick and tired of these provocations. They're sick and tired of a, a month of debauchery and degeneracy pretending to be a civil rights movement. And all you have to do is put a spotlight on this. All you have to do is protect your kids and your family from it and put a spotlight on this to embarrass them. Um, this it's, it sounds like it's acquiescing, but it's not. Acquiescing is ignoring it and say, yeah, go ahead, do whatever you want. This is shining a light on what they're doing. And then starting to ask the questions, why is this being allowed? Why does Dodger Stadium bend over to this? Well, let's get an investigation going. Let's look into that. Maybe it's so, investigative journalism. Maybe it's a hearing before the legislature. So really your strategy, if I read it right, and I think you're right, uh, if I'm reading you right, um, that your strategy for a lot of it is keep the heat on, 
but do it smartly because people are waking up. It's only a matter of time before this ends and God is in charge. I'll tell you, Glenn, nothing makes these people matter than not getting the reaction that they're trying to get. And when they don't get that reaction, they will escalate. And if they don't get the reaction again, this is turn the other cheek. They will escalate again. They are obsessed with pushing this and they are obsessed with getting the reaction they need to do their social alchemy, which is literally what it is. Problem, reaction, solution. It's social alchemy. If you continue to not give it to them, if you continue to stand like Nick Sandeman, and smile in their face and not give them what they want. Yeah. Give the case study. They will go berserk and they will completely discredit themselves. You're getting a lot of heat from people. And part of it, I think, James, is you're such a reasonable guy, a nice guy. And you go and read some of your stuff online. You're like, whoa, whoa. I mean, you are just lobbing it back at them. Um, but uh, what is it that people are having a problem with? Because I don't have a problem with anything you're saying. Well, um, the accusations that I get are what we've already talked about, that I'm calling people to acquiesce, whereas I'm telling people a million other things. Take this as a call to go study the founding documents of this country and remember the liberty that we're defending. Take this as a call to spend quality time with your children and bring real values to them and their friends. I'm giving lots of advice for things to do, but I'm not giving advice to do something desperate. And so that's upsetting the people who have become desperate. Another thing that I'm going to attack on, and this is so typical of the left that it's sickening to see it come from people who call themselves conservative, is that they say that I'm attacking Christians. I am attacking no Christians. I'm warning Christians. But there are certain people who happen to also be Christian or who claim the label Christian who I am attacking because I think that they're provoking people to be the reaction that the left needs. So if I say something about those particular Christians, they say, hey, look, he's attacking Christians. It's the same as if I say, you know what, I don't think that we should be doing transition surgeries on children. And the media matter says James Lindsay is anti-LGBTQ. He hates LGBTQ people. It's lumping a gigantic group of people into a uh, criticism that is being targeted at a small number of people who claim the same label and the left is very good at this it's sad and like i said sickening to see it come from people who call themselves conservatives but this is what it is um so i'm speaking truth i'm giving giving you know viable solutions i'm saying that we have to act strategically when when people are provoked to being angry they don't want to act strategically they want to go do something they want to do something now they want to pound the table and it's that will be the death of america that will be the right. death we of freedom. We are not in that position to do that. We have to be smarter than this, this movement. We have to cause it to stumble. In fact, I tell Christians often, you know, Jesus says to pray for your enemies. I say, well, pray for them to stumble. Pray <laughs> for them to mess up today. And they will. They will. They already are. I really think they already are because people are waking up to it. James, thank you for, uh, for everything. Thanks for uh, um, watching this, educating yourself, going deeper into Marxism and, and strategies and, uh, and standing guard at the gate. Thank you so much, James. Thank you, Glenn. You bet. Uh, his website is newdiscourses.com. Um, his name is James Lindsay. His book that he has out came out about a year ago or so is The Marxification uh, of Education. James Lindsay is his name. I want you to imagine for a minute House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, you know, the most esteemed Republican in. Yeah. Anyway, let's say he says, you know, 
I'm your real estate agent and I'm going to get a great deal for you. You would know immediately. Don't trust that guy. He's not going to get a good deal for you, right? That's the opposite of what you're going to find for a real estate agent when you go to realestateagentsitrust.com. This is my company, and the trust part comes from the fact that we only work with the people who we have really vetted six ways to Sunday. Real estate agents in your area, the people who know all of the best practices, they're ethical, they're going to help you build and manage the team of people you need to help you succeed on the buying and selling side. Now... Does that sound anything at all like Kevin McCarthy? No. Mm-mm. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Hey, I would uh, just like to let you know there is something really great called Liberty Village, and it is being built in uh, St. George, Utah. And it is a village that will have Independence Hall, uh, Mount Vernon. uh, They're building all these different uh, buildings and their education centers for people to come. uh, St. George's really wants to be, I think, America's first city. Um, and so we've been uh, selling tickets at unitedwepledge.org to help them build this, f- f- you know, and we were selling tickets to our uh, our events, uh, which there are many of them, but uh, you can uh, find those at unitedwepledge.org. The one that I'm uh, most involved with is the museum, $75 million worth of unbelievable historic uh, pieces. I announced yesterday, and you can go to United We Pledge, click on the tickets right on the front page, and up at the top, it'll say Idaho event. You can get Idaho tickets as well. I'm hoping if this is a success and people enjoy it, that we'll be able to take this on the road. If it's not a success, we're not taking it on, obviously not taking it on the road. Um, but uh, you, you really need to see it. You will have an understanding of our history, and you will see things that you've, you've just never seen before uh it's really incredible and you'll hear the entire history of america uh very christian nationalist i hear um <laughs> but uh you can get those tickets now and these are going to go fast that's july 7th and 8th in uh, idaho 7th and 8th that's a friday and saturday um and uh you can you can find those it's in southern idaho find the tickets get them now because they are going to go super fast uh you can get them at unitedwepledge.org unitedwepledge.org and i hope to see you there in idaho i'm going to be probably doing most of the tours myself um in saint george i just i'm just not it's 10 days i'm not going to be able to do it but i'm going to be there at both of these get your tickets whether it's saint george or southern idaho get them now unitedwepledge.org in Idaho, proceeds go to build, uh, finish building a new library and their school. I'm not making a dime on this. I'm trying to help these communities help themselves. UnitedWePledge.org. The Glenn Beck Program.